All right, we're recording. That sounds good. I'm not peeking out. That's good. Roman, can you tell me about... Am I peeking out? You're peeking out, buddy. You're peeking out. (laughs) Actually, I can get you peeking out a little bit more. If you want to go into your settings and just turn yourself up all the way and then back down about just a fraction. (laughs) He's way quieter than you are in my ears. Is he? Am I? I think it was a click and a half I just did. (laughs) <laughs> yeah this, this is like this is like instructions on a date <laughs> up all the way and down back a click oh that's good actually what, what you just did was very good right there okay yeah that's that's pretty good <laughs> right. Django, does that feel good to you i think so does that feel good to you i, I uh the, the date thing did not feel good it was to such me, a weird it. statement right <laughs> until i got that it was obviously a sexual thing but at first yeah. it was very like oh okay. what do you mean what instructions are you packing around oh I, no that that's what they tell me Podcast episode 228, where y'all just missed Roman talking about deciding not to read some issues of comics <laughs> moving forward, which is almost something I never thought would happen. Um, my 12 my 12 step program is starting to take effect. My 12 book program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, where every week we talk about a bunch of the comics that came out that week. We're three people who orbit around a comic community. We're three satellites in beep, beep, a comic book beep, 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 beep. Uh, nucleus. Atoms, uh, satellites, other orbiting bodies that exist. None of us are Adam, though. None of us are Adam Freeman, um, which is how you get your bad idea comics, of which there was one this week, although it's not on our docket, although we should probably talk about it because here we are, and I've just mentioned it. <laughs> it was it pretty is, good. I like dinosaurs. I like dinosaurs. I liked it. Eight and a half. I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as the first issue. But I liked I, it more. Yeah, okay. I I, well, no, I, I went into it with you having said that. Um, and I did appreciate that fewer dinosaurs died, but there was a little bit less adventure in science and it was a little bit more like we're all standing around shooting and getting... Yep. It was very action-centric. Yeah, yeah. Up until the di- up until the dinosaurs started like cooperating and, and coming up with a plan, then I was like, yeah, how oh, cool. The dinosaurs going to get the revenge. Yeah, it's like uh, Jurassic Park meets A Sound of Thunder. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. In Texas. But in Texas. Very nice. I'm Jeff. I'm Django. I'm Roman. I like when people describe things. Well, okay. I don't like describing things by just comparing it to other things. It's lazy, but I do it all the time. But I do like when someone chooses to do that, when they use the words by way of. It's like Jurassic. Mm. It's like a sound of thunder by way of Jurassic Park. Like, right? That's a fun way to say those things. Do you like it when people add on to the end with alien exoskeletons? You can add the statement with alien exoskeletons to anything I say at any point, and it will be, it will, it will work towards the subject's advantage. Absolutely. <laughs> what episode is this? I already said it's two twenty-eight. Oh, we're in Modesto, Mississippi this week. Modesto, Mississippi. Modesto. Now I got. I didn't actually get. I don't think intros from everybody. Maybe I did though. What? I'm Roman. I'm Django. You guys are fucking out of this world. I love it. Um, 
Hey, <laughs> Django, do you want to tell anybody what you got up to today? I watched a movie in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> episode 228. Will Elmer's writing in. Happy episode 228. The area covered by the 228 code is approximately 2,200 miles from Modesto and represents just the tip of southern Mississippi as the state gently inserts itself into the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Will... Hey, did you guys know it's illegal for a man to be sexually aroused in public in Mississippi? Cheers to another great week of comics. Wow. That's why why I can't go to Mississippi anymore. It's also why I have to cancel this podcast for just a minute because it's illegal to be aroused while doing this podcast and Will's words had a way with me. (laughs) Just inserted a way into you. Inserted a will into me. Absolutely. We can, we can like get, like take that, make it. Can you make it funnier in post? <laughs> I don't know how to edit podcasts, you guys. It's so stressful. I just sort of get a thing and I stare at it and I move some things around. And then I just sit, I hit the poop button and it comes out and it, I don't know how to do it. You'd think after I, 228 episodes, someone would be good at it. But I had an idea. Go on. So I know that uh, sometimes you edit the podcast down for length, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of got a target. Um I think we should just include in the show notes, watch, listen to this episode at one and a half speed in order to have a normal length podcast. That's really smart. See, we just do the math, do the math for them. And if everyone thought that that was a really smart, good idea, you should have heard all of the shitty ideas we had that I edited out before we got to that good one. Okay. It is a lot of work. We say a lot of not clever things here to seem good when we get to the good ones. But Django, that was a good one. It's like Ryan Reynolds outtakes. In Ryan. Re- okay. Everybody here's that we, we were talking about this before the show, John Lennon. I said, I said, God, who did I say? Oh, I was like, it'll be a shame when Bob Dylan dies. He's like America's John Lennon. And then I was like, no, Kurt Cobain was America's John Lennon. Said that just to sort of be offensive and see how it was taken. The, the audience, Django and Roman, took it a different way. And Django said, I don't think, I think by the time John Lennon died, he was America's John Lennon. And I thought that's an interesting idea. Um, and then I don't remember where I was, why I was just going back. Oh, it was because I also said that when Ryan Reynolds dies, oh, there he's go. not going to be Canada's Ryan Reynolds in America. Yeah, but then it's a good point. Why? But you know, like, what is Ryan? What is a? What is worth distinguishing where Ryan Reynolds is from? Right? It's like, <laughs> you know, Deadpool from Canada. You know, um, <laughs> Canada's Deadpool or America's. No one cares. He didn't write Imagine. I don't like John Lennon. Just saying. Canada knows. Canada oh. knows who is from Canada. Did either of you read that John Lennon by like it was just called Lennon? The New York Years. I think so. And he's just a, mm-hmm. enough of a butthole that I, I probably bailed halfway through. Yeah. The whole thing was like framed around <clears throat> these fictional therapy appointments he had. Yep. Um, it was, it was pretty interesting, but it was like, dang, everything I read about this guy is such a turnoff. Like, yeah. Anyway, that's a good comic recommendation for everybody. Lennon, the, I think it's called the New York years or something. Uh, while we're at it, we could recommend some Charles Bukowski. Fonte Another Bukowski. Uh, yeah, another person who uh, I I thought that I kind of liked until I saw a video of them just being total butts. Isn't Bukowski just like famous for being a butt? Yeah, I just had never seen it. Like watching mm-hmm. him in this video, pushing his girlfriend off the couch with his feet while he's doing an interview was just so gross. Um, there's not, there's not, you know, 
Django and I have worked together for a long time at this point. And for a long time, I was like, I'll try and avoid music that I like that I know Django doesn't like. But, you know, finally, I'm like, you know what? I'll play these Nirvana covers of the Meat Puppets from the Unplugged show because it's kind of <laughs> not Kurt singing his own stuff. But um, uh, but one thing that I will play is I know you're not a huge fan of Modest Mouse, which is one of my favorite bands mm-hmm. as well. But they have a song called Bukowski that I will play around you that is very good. And you don't you do seem to kind of like it. Is that the one that goes, hey, Book, get your Kowski. Get your boo cow ski play. play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole chorus is just like, you know, it's a, a, a very sassy white man with a lisp singing about God who'd want to be such an asshole. Um, because <laughs> Bukowski was such an asshole. And that's all I really know about Bukowski is the song Bukowski from Modest Mouse. It's a comic book show. Bunch of buddies hanging out in new or old rooms that have been decorated or not redecorated. Um, before I go into the lineup, Django, do you have a wanna... guitar behind you? Do you play guitar? Yeah, actually, I got a new one recently. Mm. I got a new guitar stand just recently, so you'd be able to see that one back there. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm going to do a similar thing to you, Django, except it's mm. actually for the podcast, which is in the last week, Django, did you get any really cool toys that would be fun to share with people who love comic books oh, on this podcast? Man, I got, I got a Spider-Man Lego set of the Daily Bugle. How many pieces um, is that? Uh, 4,000 or so. I'm real excited to build it, um, but I'm not allowed to build it until I finish our website. Yep. These are the rules that I make for you, and I appreciate that you respect them. <laughs> it has and I'm Jeff. 21 characters. I'm Django. I'm Roman. I got you guys to say your correct names this time. Oh, we're Dude, those minifigs are awesome. We're going to talk about some books this week, some spooky ones um because it's been a spooky week if nothing else but everybody get ready because here's your rundown we're gonna be talking do, do, about do, 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 your rundown in an alien exoskeleton suit <laughs> the nice house on the lake number one heroes are born number five out of my body number one <laughs> batman catwoman number five the red shift number one Black Jack Demon, number one. And then we're going to talk about the first week of Gala, which is Marauders 21, X-Force number 20, and Hellions 12 in that order. Um, I should probably talk about those earlier before I'm a little bit too intoxicated to do it goodly. But we'll... Well, you can just fix fix the rundown in post. You're right. Let's just fix the rundown in post. Let's just fix the rundown in post. I'll just make that mental list of all the changes I need to make tonight so I can remember it Monday morning when I start my podcast shift. I got the timer going. Nice house on the lake. James Tinian the fourth, Alvaro Martinez Bueno, Jordi Belair. What a time. It's a heck of a name. It's a heck of a name. It's a nice name on a lake. It uses as many words as the rest of the book uses too. And the writer's name. Yep. Uh, do you think that's related that he likes so many words because it takes so many words to say his name? Listen, Sam, my girlfriend, doesn't know anything about James Tinian the Fourth. Doesn't know anything about my opinions on writers or who I like and don't like. I mean, she knows who I like, but she. Um, I was sitting in bed with her a couple nights ago, and I had a snack of comics. I was like, Sam, you like scary things? Do you want to look read this one? And she flipped through it, and she said, "That has way too many words in it." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that is so perfect that you don't know who James Tinian the fourth is. And you were able to call from a mile away that he packs some words into his books. 
That being said, a lot of words in this book. I almost didn't read it, but the art was really nice. So I thought I'd go for it. And um, I would say, and I have said this recently, but I'm going to say it. I think this is the my favorite first issue of a James Tinney in the fourth series that I've ever read. It's really freaking good. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was a little bit turned off by all the words, but I decided to muscle through it and sure did pay off. I, I like the... Uh... I like the slow setup, but definite hook and payoff at the end of this one issue. Um, I don't know if we should even really spoil it, but it's 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 just a bunch of people showing up at a house. They've been chosen by this this dude who they all know from different times in his life, and uh, he's arranged for like twelve or fourteen of these people to hang out at this super nice rich person's house. And at, at the end, it's kind of revealed that they're going to be there for a while without communication with other people. And I thought that, that that reveal was not super unexpected, but the reason behind it was really interesting to me. Yes, the reveal that happens near the end of this book about why they're there and what has gone on was a very <clears throat> claustrophobic, scary feeling. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a nice, a really nice surprise because I expected that this guy Walter would would be a serial killer or something, and it's not that. It's not. It's, um, it's way cooler than that. Yeah, yeah, much more. Took a turn I just didn't guess at, and the art. I love the art in that sequence because it's just. It was cool before, but all of a sudden it gets horrifying and and kind of weird and just just crazy, and it works really lit well by a black and white tv screen right oh is that why that final scene is lit by an emergency services tv screen oh you're right yeah 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 it's it's interesting how like jaw-droppingly gorgeous some of the art is and then some of it is fine but like chunky faces it's just weird like some of it is like a a high tier like the credits page Mm -hmm. the title page is amazing the first couple pages are amazing um, but yeah, when it's, yeah, it's not, ne- it's never bad, bad at all, but, um, sometimes it looks a little like an aftershock book or something, but so each of the people, we get like a little biography for each of them and they've been assigned, um, kind of a character by Walter who invited them all to the house. And there's the artist, the writer, the comedian, the, the, you know, all these, the, the, the painter, pianist, the, the writer, doctor, the yeah. consultant. Yeah. They all have a circle icon that is assigned to them. Like the accountant is just a circle with two dots and a line. It looks like a percentage sign. And the scientist looks like uh looks like Saturn. Right. Do you guys think that those were done by the writer, the artist or the letterer? Cause I actually partway through that, I looked through to see if there was a designer credited on this book. Cause there've been a lot of comics lately that credit designers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this felt like this could easily have a designer like Hickman style. Cause it's got a lot of big text dumps and stuff like that. I would almost think that the writer wrote those, which is how I think Hickman would do it as well. Like he creates mm-hmm. a lot of like the languages and the alphabets and those sorts of things. I, I, I bet it's Jimmy TAV, although I'm loath to give him extra credit on anything. They're just such good savvy designs. Like it takes a lot to make things, things that simple look like purposeful and informative 
yeah, I liked it. And apparently, you know, there's items all over the home that have symbols for each person on them that sort of mm-hmm. denote whose items are which. It's interesting here at the beginning, um, I kind of forgot that there's like the first two pages or like a future moment. And then we go back, which is interesting foreshadowing there, but having now read it, but um, when the main character shows up at the house, she's like walking with her suitcase and she's wearing a mask, like it's COVID mm-hmm. and she's wearing a mask. And then she gets up to the house and then takes her mask off. Yeah. Like why write it in there? Like, it's well, they like, talk it's like, about it a little bit too. Do they? Yeah. There's at some point somebody's like, you know, this is going to be really nice after this ridiculous year we've had or whatever. And it's, it's accompanied with a 2021, a February, 2021 timestamp. I'm just saying she wore her mask when she was alone walking and took it off when she met all the people. What's yeah. that? Well, we know after the, after the issue, I mean, it's, I suspect that, you know, their event is a metaphor for our real world pandemic event. Yeah. Cause she's, cause she's wearing yeah. the long kind of mask for, for COVID. It's got a filter in it. Right. I do see a lot of that mask out in the COVID world. Oh yeah. But people are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that mask protects you it doesn't it just spews your air, air out into for everybody else to breathe i like this the sculptures around the house too which i kept flipping back to to see if they represent some of these people's symbols yeah i did that too mm. and, and they don't but they're cool and they're they remind me of something but i don't know what exactly yeah I, also those like little introductory paragraphs are super brief for each person and i think they did a really good job the way that it was paced, like flipping through it, I was like, oh, what is all this text dump all over? But each one is short. It has like repeating types of information. So there's really only like a sentence that you need to read there. And it's got the glit. Like it's just, it's well done. And it's, it doesn't feel like an exposition dump because it more than anything feels like, wait, who is this weird guy? And why is he collecting information about people and giving them these names and then quantifying how long he's known them and known he's been doing this. And it's a, it's a really, interesting yeah I, I and then just all of the architecture and home and the place itself is is amazing i don't know how long it's going to be but i i think it's going to get real batshit crazy i do like that we've decided not to spoil what happens in here jingo that was a good call but it's yeah. hard to not then talk about certain aspects of this book but i do think that, i think we'll be sticking with discussions about it yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, and then mm-hmm. the way that the realization that something has happened is portrayed is real well done. Although yeah. it is done through Twitter. And I was like, yeah, I know Jimmy TIV hangs the fuck out on Twitter. Like his books all just <laughs> reek of Twitter. Like, you know, Jimmy TIV is a Twitter head. Don't bring your Twitter community into yeah. my comics, please. I kind of, I kind of like that maybe because I'm not on Twitter, but all of his text page and the letters and emails and the, the two page Twitter reaction from people around the world. I mean, it's, I all like that. Cause at first I was afraid it was going to be like some of the, Oh, some of the X books where non Hickman writers try to imitate Hickman's use of that kind of thing. Sure. And when I first saw that here, I was like, Oh no, but yeah, like you said, it all turned out to be very well done. Yeah, I do. I think it was very well done don't have any complaints about this book at all i thought it was a real real good read stressed me out i'm gonna go nine points on a 10 point scale i'm also gonna go nine and i'm gonna point out that we've only met 10 people he says in an email that 12 people mm. were gonna show up but only oh. 10 showed up and it, who knows if he's including himself oh 
Yeah, I don't think he is. Um, I'll give I'll give it an eight. I mean, my favorite first issue of a Jimmy TIV book is still um, that Gordon Commissioner Gordon series. All right, that was some good scores. That was some good scores, everybody. Do you want to know what else is is good scores? What else is good scores? Well, just keep listening, faithful oh, listener. Oh, well done. Heroes Reborn, number five. Jason, Aaron, Arm, Gara, and Julia Brusco. This is another example of Jason Aaron getting an awesome artist on this series. Arm Gara did the art and scalped with Jason Aaron, which is a very not Marvel style. Also did the goddamned. Um, this was good. This is another good good one shot in this Heroes Reborn series. I can't believe that we keep getting them. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I guess part of what surprises me about this is it was pitched as a six issue miniseries, right? And sold on a weekly basis to us, like we've discussed on the podcast before. But the pacing of this whole thing has not felt like there's any way they can tie this up. And it turns out that there's going to be a hero's return series that jumps in right after this is over. I thought that hero's return was just a one shot. uh, Maybe it is. I hope, I hope that you're right. According to the checklist in the back of the issue, it's there you go. Heroes reborn number seven, and then a couple spinoffs and then heroes return number one after those. Thanks Roman for, Really, actually being a comic book reader and we're just like no we work in a comic shop let's lose use our bullshit resources to try and figure things out that does yeah that does look like just a one-shot return well in that case i'm super curious because the the stories so far have focused on one member of the squadron supreme in this alternate reality instead of our friends getting together and kicking ass other than like an eight page ed mcginnis thing at the end um so like we're getting a real quick assembly of the um, team and a, a lot of backstory for people who I assume were about to see trounced soundly. Hey, Django, one thing I think both of us like hearing is each other's paranoid theories. Yeah. So mine, do you want Do you want mine? I, I would love to hear your paranoid theory. Okay. My paranoid theory is that it's changed format because Ed McGinnis can't keep up with anything like at the beginning of his Avengers run with Jason Aaron (laughs) and two issues. It's like, it's like these were going to be the backups, but then McGinnis just couldn't keep up with anything. So like what is all of issue two of the gathering of the team has now been divided into back matter for all of these issues. Cause it's Uh, so bizarre that like at five issues in, we've only had one issue telling this story we've had four other issues exploring the world which i'm totally down for because exploring the world is as much telling the story as like falling avengers to fight a bad guy Mm -hmm. but it is it's just a weird pacing thing it's like again it's you're still only 36 pages in it's been a year and a half like (laughs) i'll have rm garrett draw the entire issue and you can then do the back matter that being said um i actually like the mcginnis pages at the back of this issue the shot where Nighthawk or Shadowhawk or Darkhawk or whoever this hawk is. Darkwing Hawk. Darkwing Hawk. Tony Darkwing Hawk is <laughs> sliding down the Washington Monument fighting Black Panther Ronin. And it's like yeah. the the perspective shot on that is really, really well done. I was like, oh, that's the most I think I've ever liked an Ed McGinnis panel. 
Yeah, but listen, Ed McGinnis, when James Stoko is outpacing you, mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe take some ibuprofen or ice your hand or whatever whatever you got to do to speed up a little bit. Yeah, my theory is thrown out the window entirely when the idea that Stoko could be drawing faster than McGinnis is brought to the table because <laughs> that that would be a real real inappropriate go. Roman, do you want to talk at all about the story in this issue? Because uh, it harkens back to an issue that you just told me denotes the end of the Silver Age and they re- in the beginning of the Bronze Age. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. The death of Gwen Stacy issue is, is because it's such a serious, actual, real death, well, real death that nobody came back from. Um, they marked that as the beginning of the Bronze Age. Interesting. And this, when it all went dark. All went dark. This sort of shadow dark knight tony hawk is is has a has a sidekick and it's falcon but then green goblin kills falcon like he kills gwen stacy i just love how many clever retellings of these stories have happened in this Mm -hmm. but it's also then the dc characters like i consistently have to find myself being like all right this is a parallel for this but like i keep it's confusing like wait is this dc or marvel like you know like i have to be like wait it's Marvel that Spider-Man is died. Uh, Gwen Stacy does. Okay, cool. But this is Batman and but it's Falcon happening is, is Robin. Like, and this other scene is happening in the middle of Arkham Asylum. Where Green Grant Goblin Morrison. is Joker. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very fun. It's a it's a really yeah. rewarding read for comic aficionados, history aficionados, Roman. Yeah, I, I love all those mixing of things. And I love and I love just the idea that because there was no Captain America in this world, Sam Wilson ends up being Nighthawk's partner and Visually, just the two of them, the colors of their costumes look so, there's such a nice contrast. It's, it's cool. And it's fun that they're, you know, they're the, the birdie duo. I am so confused now for what the overall arc of this whole thing is going to be. Because, you know, I assumed Hero's Return was going to be the one shot kind of end, which they kind of do. But now that you bring that up, I'm just like, there's only one issue, two issues between now and then. Yeah. So like, yeah, where I does the story if, happen? Are any of us reading the extra issues like the the one shots Uh, yeah i am are they tying like Uh, these all feel like the one shots instead of the cord exactly yeah and and the one shots feel like one shots they're all like jeff said they're all just building this heroes reborn world because like the peter parker one it's just about how he didn't gain well he he got bit by radar and spider and it just mutates him into this horrible creature and he kills himself at the end because wow. he can't handle being this monster and like that's chris why there's no spider-man who wrote that I, I don't remember i don't think it was chris cantwell okay. <laughs> um, I, but yeah that's why there's no spider-man in this heroes reborn i wonder well, if if we're in a, a blessed state where everything won't be changed forever what I'm curious about is, I mean, maybe this is just all going to lead into a Heroes or, geez, a Squadron Supreme series or something. Because this all seems to be, every issue and each issue of the, the one-shots are is revealing more about how, okay, Mephisto, for some reason, has created this new reality. And in the Ghost Rider comic, he just recently, Mephisto was trapped in a in a building in las vegas and johnny blaze had taken over nation yeah taken over as ruling hell and mephisto was trapped in this vegas building well recently he was let out of that vegas building and returned to hell and for some reason the very next thing he did was recreate the marvel universe universe apparently in this series huh 
So I'm wondering how that all ties together and where it's leading after this is done. I give it an 8.5 if you don't mind. Nope, sorry. No decimals for me today. Eight. Nope. I'm Django. I'm well, Jeff. <laughs> I don't have a copy of number five in front of me. It was just the Nighthawk story. He fights the Red Skull analog. Yeah. A mouthful. Is that what your mom calls you? And <laughs> yeah. then... And then it's got the little bit with Black Panther being yeah. thrown in at the end. I think I'll, I think I give it a, I think I give it a seven. I give it an ocho. I'll give it an eight. No, I do. I did like it. Guys, can I suggest a, a story, a thing for us next time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it like an ongoing storyline that will no, no, like have a beginning and, and, and end of the podcast? I, I, you know, I hate to ask you guys to change your routine and add work to it. Wouldn't I? I've been wanting to do this myself lately, and it would be awesome if while we were reading our comic books next week, we wrote down the book we read and what we think the score was at that time. I can tell you what mine are. They're like sixes. They're sixes across the board, except for a ten sometimes. And then by the time we look at it and dissect it and talk about it, I love them all. I I would be really curious (laughs) what our scores in a vacuum are and then what our scores with the conversation are uh, and i keep I like wanting that. to do that myself but um so i'm going to do that next week and i encourage all readers to do that but especially roman and Django if they feel like it I'm, I'm into it but i might need a reminder yeah okay i'll do that i'll remind people Django, did i get your score for that eight, eight. the ocho um hey roman you read a book called out of body and i think Django did as well sure did i gave it a six when i read it yeah, touch me about up, this. Roman. Was this aftershock? Oh, I think I gave this a nine when I read it. Who? who this was an aftershock book. Aftershock. It, it looks a it little bit left of the the regular aftershock books. It's Peter Milligan, Anaki Miranda, and Eva De La Cruz. Those British guys. Peter Milligan, that is. Roman, I'm not going to talk about it until you talk about it. Oh, it was so good. I really. This was is my. Is your British accent? No, I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, I can't do a, a British accent. Um, <laughs> I really dug this issue. It's 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 supernatural, but it's um, uh, drugs, door 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 perceptions, uh, LSD, Aldous Huxley, all that stuff. Okay, Roman, I don't Ast- know anything about this book. I don't know anything about this book. Forget we're on a podcast. Convince me to want to read this book. What the fuck? Um. A guy gets hurt. He comes out of his coma, and that. Oh yeah, there's some beautiful art. Um, and he's and there's this medium that has he's visited her astrally, but he didn't control her or anything. And he goes on a trip, and uh, it's it's beautiful and weird, and it's all co- sorts of questions about um, reality and the perceptions of reality and death and coming back from death. And it's chip and it's about the soul, and it's it's just really is it a intriguing. One no, this is a regular series. Yeah, I think it's probably five many, issues. Any series? If, if I know me some aftershock, it's probably about a five issue storyline. <laughs> what <laughs> I like, so like Roman, the, the the comic you just described is not the comic that I would have described. Right, oh. I, that did Descri- not sound describe like a your comic. Book. Mine is about a dude in a coma trying to solve the mystery of what put him in a coma, while people like astrally project around him and and like his his consciousness leaves his body sometimes but not to solve the thing like he's he's piecing things together laying there unable to communicate to people and i really liked that the the way that they showed you the story through his narration 
to you, but not to any of the other characters. I thought that was a, an interesting way to do things. Yeah, that was very that was very clever. And then when his uh, girlfriend colleague shows up and gives him an an injection um, to send him on this trip, then it really gets wild because then yeah. he's he's still not able to control the uh, the astral projection, but he's starting to try, and it's giving him some clues to some things that are going on. But also his narration, the way it describes it, it, not that I've read like really any uh, near death experiences, but I, I think I've heard about some in a movie or documentary or something. And the things he experiences uh, is like, wow, that, that's the panic feeling and the feeling that you're, it's something beautiful ahead, but you also, you, you're lonely for your body and want to come back. That all sounded very authentic or as authentic as whatever that term means in this context <laughs> that's what it's like to be on a real real big drug trip you're like this is very good but i think i'm ready to go back home now like this is a lot this is a lot but i'm ready to be normal again literally the only subject that roman hasn't read everything that's ever been published about which is interesting it is he's that got this 1612 spanish armada history they're the two portions <laughs> of his library wall that have big open sections that's just coming to be read. Yeah. Like a little a little construction worker digging a hole. <laughs> 404, source not found. That, that and the mass. I'm not too good on the mass. Yeah, it's I mean, I loved it as a kid, but I do think looking back on Jim Carrey's body of work, it No, <laughs> I think it's a fantastic film, actually. Uh it taught me about zoot suits. Mm -hmm. yeah. 23 Skadoo. Tex Avery. Oh, absolutely, Tex Avery. Yeah, uh, Roman. I would. I, I think I would give this book a seven and a half. I thought it was pretty solid. Um, I wasn't super interested right out of the gate because the magic portion of it. We didn't even really get into the the magical portion too much. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it's going to end up probably being some sort of intersection between magic and LSD astral projection. I think, and that's 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 a cool combo. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, the book starts off with this this girl who's a medium living in this. It looks like the Evil Dead shack in the Ozarks, and uh, and there's and she's tied up in his story too. But she makes a living kind of just locals coming to her. One guy, his his pigs are being haunted by his dead mother, and apparently this happens repeatedly. And he pays her ten bucks to come and exercise his pigs, but. <laughs> Yeah, or else they get yes. too much fat on them. Uh, did yeah. you get scores? I gave it an eight. Okay. I gave it a seven and a half. Well, Batman Catwoman number five. Nice segue, bro. Could have some real dope-ass exosuit. Nope, anytime you use dope-ass and a segue undoes <laughs> the, the, the profundity of the segue. <laughs> I feel like both of them, a dope and an ass. Man, I think that Batman year one is a great batman story mm -hmm. and it's harkened back to all the time in all these different comics like you always see shots of it um and i don't get super torqued when i see a batman year one reference but i get super torqued when i see a batman mask of the phantasm reference which this book keeps World throwing at us but there's a, a image on the back that doesn't come into the issue at all doesn't reference anything it's not in there it is only for people who watch mask of the phantasm remember this small little bit and i was so excited and so was justin and it's is it in there oh there is one shot of it yeah 
Yeah. Um, you guys, yeah, you guys both independently approached me that on Tuesday and you're like, look, this is from Mask of the Phantasm. It was very exciting. <laughs> it was very exciting. Um, <laughs> but it's because that, you know, Mask of the Phantasm is my year one and it's a poor retelling mm -hmm. of year one, but it is, it is how an eight-year-old Jeff came to understand the origin of Batman. So it's a very, it's, I, I see it in everything now. Uh, all of that aside, I mentioned this to Django and I just wanted to say it on here now. I love Batman and Catwoman. It's Tom King. And at five issues in now, I think like issue three or so was kind of in the heart of just like, what are all these narratives? Is this, is this jumping around? What is, is this all once? Is this, but by five issues in, I had no problem remembering the three different timelines, yep. the three different narratives. I only have kind of one lingering question. Um, but like it, it's, I do like how, the form that this has taken it has taken form and now i understand it's like a three timeline story all circling around a certain mystery that we're seeing the consequences of the leading action and the simultaneous expression of you know all issue by issue i really like that i can't remember what book i was reading this week that just sort of was got me excited to talk to you about why i like certain types of stories but i, I like a story that is asking me to solve a puzzle. Like I like, right. maybe it was even nice house on the lake, but like, I, that's my favorite thing is I don't, I don't really want to be entertained. I want to feel like I'm solving a puzzle and mm -hmm. reading things. That's kind of my favorite form of comic book storytelling. So that's why these, these Tom King books always really fit well with me. But then Justin and Django and I, I think today we're all just sort of like, do we like Tom King endings? Like, let's talk about endings from <laughs> Tom King books. Like how often are those well done? And it was a, I don't think that we ended that conversation thinking that we love Tom King endings. I think, I think I ended it thinking I like some of them a lot more than others and that it's probably my fault for That's the really ones that I don't. A healthy stance, which is not black or white. Some are good and others aren't that good. Um, I think, yeah, like on the topic of this book, I thought this was really, really well put together. I thought that the fight scenes were super well choreographed. Um, the one between Harley and Selena and the one between Selena and the bartender, like both of them were excellent. I was a little bit confused and I think I was supposed to be in the, the scene with the guy who's all tied up and has a clown painted on him. Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't necessarily read Tom King books for the endings. Yeah. Like yeah. I love the journey. I like what he does. There's only really one thing of his that I've I've started and haven't been able to finish, and that was Omega Men. And I think that's just because it's a little too much of a war allegory for me. And I think that like that's the thing is like the journey of a Tom King book is the most fun, and because it, it does, it feels like I'm trying to solve a puzzle the whole time. Mm -hmm. The question I have is one of the three narratives here. We have drunk Selena, who has gotten in a fight and is angry with Batman. We have the Selena that has been attacked and kidnapped by the Phantasm. Mm -hmm. And then we have the future Selena who has killed the Joker. And right. why is drunk Catwoman getting drunk and angry at Bruce? I don't think we know. We Okay, so that was what I was trying to... Of all my timelines, I was like, okay, I can piece all of the puzzles of why things are happening here, but I don't know. I can't remember why Selena is getting drunk and is like pissed. Is it? Is that after... 
Bruce knows that she's done something and he's pissed at her, so she takes off. That's what I assumed. Like maybe because I'm assuming that's after she had already made that deal with the Joker or whatever. And then Bruce, I don't think he knows, but he suspects. Oh, it's after she, it's after the Joker set her up to have to admit to Batman that she's been talking to the Joker so that he can save an ice skating rink full of kids. So then, so they're on the rocks and so is her drink. Right. (laughs) So then, then the bat, when Catwoman is teamed up with Phantasm, I guess we don't know for sure chronologically how much time has passed between that and the Selena being on the rocks with Bruce. Right. Like, I guess that one feels like they're still dating at that point. And as opposed to married. Yeah. Or maybe married. Yeah. Rather. Sorry. Yeah. Quote unquote, married, whatever. And then do you guys remember that the end of the Tom King run, I feel like the status quo was like, give me a year to decide like is that wasn't it a thing like give me a a year and we're going to decide if we want to get married or not give me a year and we're going to decide if we like jimmy tiv writing me yeah i can't remember but i feel like there was sort of like we gotta we need a year to figure out how things are i can't anyway sorry that, that somebody else who reads fewer comics should probably you know i it, for me i tie this story to that batman annual mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more than anything else mm-hmm. like I can I can have the city of Bane be part of it or not be part of it. I don't care one way or the other. But t- to me, this is springing out of that that long term love story that they had. I, I think I totally agree. I think that's the most chronological moment in all of his story. Mm-hmm. I'm if if I had a beef, if you know what I mean, with yeah, this, the it would be that they're putting the phantasm in this thing that's clearly out of any sort of real continuity and that I don't think she's going to make it to the end of the issue or end of the series. Um, I, I just, I think that that's a character who needs more adventures than this would allow. I agree. I, it, it's hard to have weight behind the character. We're just told, Oh, they have a past. Right. So this should mean something. But within comics, it's the first appearance of that character. So it does. I I, I do yeah. agree with that. Like there's there's a lack of weight there. Roman, are you liking this? They'll, they'll probably add a, no matter what happens with the end of the series, I'll probably add a Phantasm character into the regular DCU at some oh, point. Oh, I'm sure. That's I hope I'm so. Sure. I just hope that it's a good writer like King doing it. Yeah. I, I am liking this. My favorite part of this issue actually was the, um, the, the Selena Harley fight and just, uh, selena's psychoanalyzing of of harley i thought that was great and and point and kept up and pointing out to her you know you're a psychologist why can't you see this crap with yourself yeah um i would give this a nine and a half i think i i I would good comic i'm trying not to use decimals this week so i'm gonna go nine (laughs) oh yeah sorry comic he meant ten See, I, I'm going to use decimals. I'm going to give this an eight and a half because I realized what my original, when I read it, out of body score was, and it was higher than the one I just gave on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's explore the plumber's crack of your brains. Roman and Django, um, Redshift and Blackjack Demon. Where do you want to start? I'll start the timer. These are both um, big boy books. Redshift, I think. Redshift. Is, oh, gosh. I thought this was great. Um, 
it just it follows like uh i think like people on another planet who there's some strange political stuff going on and and people being assigned to dangerous situations and some family dynamics and a really good race against time where this guy has to use you know his sparse space resources to get back to the base in order to save his team and like just it just kind of had everything that i like about space and then on top of that it had some really good uh like family dynamics and shithead bosses saying no you gotta leave your dad just like i made your mom leave your dad and go do this dangerous thing um and the art was amazing and the colors were great scout you know if i pick up a scout comic i generally really like it if I don't pick it up, it's because it looks terrible to me. So there's there's like a, a gradient there. But when it, when they speak to me, they really speak to me. I really like how it had that um, survival aspect where the, I don't know what they're called, the away team is has to get back to the, the main ship. And that, that, so they have to walk miles across the Mars surface or whatever planet they're on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody is going to die. They fall and they're going to die. And then the leader is just like, well, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. We're not going to make it unless we keep moving and just leave them. And the guy has to like sit there and suffocate and die as they walk away. Yeah. And then it happens. A similar thing happens to somebody else. And it's like, Holy shit. <laughs> I love survival stories like that. Yeah. It, and, and it, the, the way it was paced, like it was all, it really reminded me of that show that I watched uh, for all mankind. There's some very <laughs> tense space rescue scenes in there. I tried and, to get my crew into watching that and they weren't into it. So we chose raised by wolves instead. Also very good. I, also some good space survival shit in there. I put your recommendations in there, but I, my crew that I watch things with is not very into alternate history. So, which is a bummer yeah. to me because I like it a lot. Sorry. Yeah. Interjection. Well, it's, it's, it's just got everything I love in in a space story and the art's great the colors i i think everybody should read it and i'll bet that uh we probably have one left on the shelf <laughs> we only had one when i read it a few well four days ago <laughs> yeah i'm gonna br- i'm gonna bring this one back because i i think uh people need to read it we only find it after romans read it yeah <laughs> yep. missing some of the ink on the back cover Oh, the first of our, our comics place publishing books. efforts. We only find it after <laughs> Romans read it. Really uh, bad idea comics. I would I would give this one probably an eight and a half, maybe even a nine. Um, this was it, Redshift? Redshift, yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, H.S. Tack and Brett, Brent McKee. I, I don't know any of the creators. It feels almost like if humanoids had somebody coloring with rich colors. Like it's, it's almost got like a French or a Belgian line weight to it. Mm-hmm. I love that line weight. What would you give it, Roman? Uh, I think I'd give it a seven and a half. Yeah. 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 Not, not as big of a fan of sharp nosed men. I see. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're sharp noises. Noses. Just kind of make me nervous. If anyone is a fan of sharp-nosed men in this room, it's me, considering two of my best friends have, like three or four of my best friends have very pronounced sharp noses. So We call them schnozzes, Jeff. Sorry, sorry. I'm clearly just trying to be on the inside. Uh, okay, Roman. The Blackjack Demon from LP Comics. 
by Hermes. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know the god was doing comics now. Yeah. About time. This is, it, it's, it's printed at not quite a comic book size. It's a little bit too yeah. big to fit in anything. Like half an um, inch taller. So it like didn't fit in the stacks of things. Yep. Yep. And, and a good quarter inch wider. Is it? Okay. Um, it's a fucked up size. That's a TMNT last Ronin begging board. If I've ever heard one. Yeah. Good one guys. Um, <laughs> but the inside is, it looks like, um, Fantagraphics like Charles Burns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but colored super flat and also super bright. Um, and, and like you, you can see the artist's intent sometimes better than what they're pulling off. Like it doesn't always work, but you can see what they were going for. And it, and it's super interesting when, when they do it, whether it's successful or not. Um, it basically follows a cowboy kid in, uh, I don't know, probably the late 1800s. Um, whose dad is killed by a monster that comes up out of the mine and he hires um, a woman named Humphrey to help him track down this monster. And it's a really simple story. I think that it's just issue one of more than one. Um, but I, I thought this was an excellent, excellent comic. Yeah, this, I, this came out of nowhere and never I never heard of it or anything. And this is... It surprised me. Yeah, it's, it's. I love the colors. I like this kind of weird, weird western story. Oh, right, this one. Because there's some kind, there's something supernatural going on here, and we don't know what yet exactly is killed his father and is now coming after, after him. This is the one that totally confused me art wise. Because like flipping through it, you're either kind of like my knee jerk response is that this isn't very good, or <laughs> or it's very good. You know, like it's it's there's a weird yeah like gosh can you <laughs> can the two of you compare it like it's almost like good 80s comics like it's like kind of like it, it made me think of uh 70s like it's, like some yeah like some of the 70s not even marvel or dc necessary but like a 70s western comic that some kind of lower like tier Atlas. publishers yeah it's putting <laughs> yeah, out Django just showed me a double page spread that had somebody kind of jumping off a roof and there was a perspective of guns going up it kind of reminded me of like Nighthawk or something from like you know image yeah or whatever like yeah and it's a, weird and it's a fun and they're in a they're in a like a canyon and the moon looks really cool but it's kind of also funny because it's like it's like how did they both miss this character? They're both so close and they both totally miss. Those horses racing with that perspective that yeah, weird, yeah. weird. Who? What's the publisher? Why did I order this? LP Comics by Hermes, H E R M E S. Like, I don't know why you got it, but I'm real glad you did. It's <laughs> it's one of like I don't know when I when when you when I saw you flipping through it, I looked at it from far away with my old man eyes and I thought. That looks fucking rad. It and then did. when I picked yeah. it up, I looked at it and I was like, this art isn't very good. And then when I read it, I was like, this art is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe also not not super. I don't know. It's it, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Um yeah, nine and a half. Easy Ooh. nine and a half for me. Whoa. Yeah, an easy probably an easy nine for me, because everything you just said in there, yeah, there's panels where 
that are pretty freaking cool. There's a panel when the kid goes into the jail and talks to the sheriff who's just your your classic scumball, gross, doesn't care about anything sheriff. And yeah, the panel, the panel where the foreground is the sheriff's eye and he's cocking his gun, looking up the barrel. He's got one eye squinted and his eyes bugging out, looking up the barrel. It's, it's just a great panel. Yeah. So, a lot of little panels like that. <laughs> the shadow of the horse on the, on the ravine. As oh, yeah. He's just going to town. Is, is it a demon that's associated with Blackjack or is it a demon named Blackjack? Is it a Blackjack demon or is it Blackjack? Demon. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. know anything. That's just the title of part one. Those colors are awesome. Jane we really a particularly good page to me. We really didn't even know at the beginning if it was a demon or a man. Like the kid said it was a demon, but until until the skinning starts. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just, yeah. <laughs> I hate that I've heard that sentence from you so many times. We just thought it was a demon because of maybe because the kid's religious and he's, you know, overreacting. Yeah. You know, I do like on the inside front cover, it says part one, wherein I obligate myself to vengeance. Oh, wherein I obligate. That's a great sentence and a great way to start a comic. It's yeah. yeah. (laughs) Wherein, wherein I does to me what by way of does to Jeff. (laughs) It did make me think of that same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Tuesday, wherein I devote my day to a cause that is ultimately trying to destroy me. (laughs) (laughs) Hurts Um, my back. Hurts my brain. <laughs> hurts my heart. Um, wow. Okay. Well, I want to read a copy of that. Um, wherein I devote myself to a blackjack demon. <laughs> God, I haven't got any. I'm going to go back at some point once and drop a couple gooeys. Yeah, you You know, it's an interesting point. I read more books this week in a single week of comics than I've read in quite a while. Um, and I don't think I have a gooey for everybody. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. We can edge them. <laughs> I would give the <laughs> the Frank quietly firepower cover a gooey. That was uh, yeah, a old yeah, man, a little old man. Um, well, before we get out of here, I'm going to set a timer to be real safe. Um, and I want to tell everybody about Gala, X Men oh. Gala. I I I heard you say gout when you started the. Y'all want to hear about gout and blackjack <laughs> demons? Because I've got a yeah. I heard gallop, but I think that's because of the comic we just talked about. Gallop, New Mexico. I hardly even knew it. Flagstack, Arizona. Don't forget Winona. Ten of Swords was twenty-two issues across like six series. It was multiple issues per series. I it was I read every single issue of it. I talked about them on the podcast. It was really masochistic it was like an issue that should have been half as or a series that should have been half as long Django, what happened over there <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just started singing route 66 but with the wrong towns like one of the route 66 guys sings and roman thought it was really funny and <laughs> okay i thought I it was funny it. that roman was still laughing 30 seconds after <laughs> yeah, I, I was, try- was trying not to <laughs> <laughs> i knew that a joke had happened i missed so i i don't usually stop and go back but listen you gotta you gotta bone up on your 1947 uh <laughs> musical hits and Buddy, then uh <laughs> i have i don't think that anyone could say i have not been putting on you know, putting in the work to close the gap between 90 and 65, but I haven't found anything pre-65 yet, so. I'll get you the mixtape that my dad made of all of the Route 66 covers that we listened to on a loop while we traveled Route 66. I did a long Route 66 (laughs) drive on a road trip. Yeah. 
you get out into some like very cult countries of the inside of California on Route 66. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like very like in the middle of nowhere, a strange house next to a giant geodesic dome that you know is a cult that people are staying in. Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. We probably stayed at that house when I was a kid. Wow. I really like that all three of us have been on, I'm not sure you guys have been on longer parts of Route 66 than me, but I like all three of us have been on it. We've yeah. all motored west. There's a thing happening right now called the Hellfire Gallop. I don't know the extent of how long it's going to be. I know that it is crossing over uh, across most of the series. It's got planet size. X-Men number one is going to be happening in the middle of it. I don't know the scope of it, but what I'll say is that it is an event that's happening in the X-Men universe, and it is to... Hellfire Galas are a thing that used to happen. It, the Marauders issue on this has a whole backup story about one of the first uh, Hellfire Galas with, where like a character was killed in it and there's Sentinels. And I think there's some assumption that the person that was killed in it is going to be revived in this one. But cool. If you want some backup on it, you could read uh, Marauders 21 because it does have a whole backup reprint of that. But anyway, three issues, Hellfire Gala. Unlike Ten of Swords, which was a very linear, each issue followed the, the issue before it for a 22-chapter thing where ultimately over half of it was people gathering swords for a tournament that they didn't use, that were totally useless, that it was a it didn't, didn't make any sense. Um, this time they're gathering dresses and suits? Fortunately, they're not gathering anything. This Marauder started with the thing starting. And unlike chapter by chapter following each other this one is more like a tarantino like an event happens and each issue is shining a light on certain people during that same event Mm -hmm. which is a narrative mechanic that i like a lot in anything um but marauders we get everybody showing up we got the fantastic four showing up we got humans it's fun i think they were just like hey artists for all of these series you want to draw run the jewels in there draw run the jewels do you want to draw political Mm -hmm. figures draw political figures do you want to draw your favorite actor do that they're just sort of saying like humanity is here as Conan O'Brien, you know, like um, it, it's rad to try and pick out all these people, Gal Gadot, that, that are in it from the real world. Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot. That's good. Um, it's wow, framed I, by, sorry, please. Oh, I'm just impressed that you picked up all that because other than the Marvel Comics characters, I didn't recognize a single person. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of them in here. I'm going to snap to a page real quick to show Jango. I just... Oh, well, I just here's like the run the jewels guys. <laughs> I was um, wondering who, the, who those guys were because they had lines. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it's it's a thing that Emma Frost is putting on to sort of be a bit of ambassadorship between Krakoa and all the rest of humanity. Um, everyone's invited. It's a big party. There's food. An event happens. Marauders is kind of the big spine issue where we see the beginning, middle, and end, but we miss a big portion of it, which is these closing remarks. And then we get a shot of everybody leaving and all these humans being like, I don't know. That's a terrible, I don't know. This is insane. I got a bad feeling about this. Some shit goes down. But at the same time, we know from Emma Frost's perspective that like, this is trying to advance mutant kind in a huge way and also humanity in a, a huge way. They say, um, so we know some weird shit has happened, but we don't really know the full extent of it. And then the other issues are just like the Hellions issue, which is like all the bad antisocial people don't get invited. And then they sneak in there and their fancy outfits and start just, they crash this party and you get to hang out with them crashing this party Spiking and causing the bunch. X-Force has some narrative things that tie into what's been going on, but it mostly deals with like those people at this gala. So whereas... Ten of Swords was like an issue by issue tracking of all these different characters finding these things for this thing that 
this doesn't have any importance placed. It feels like you could miss things, but at the same time, it's really fun because I don't like a bunch of tournaments and swords. I do like a cocktail party with pretentious people with ulterior motives trying to manipulate one another at a cocktail party where everyone's wearing over-the-top fancy outfits. It's very people and dumb. It's like dumb and people-y. And I like that. I like, <laughs> I like living in that space of like the gap between who we really are and who we pretend to be. And that's kind of what this is zooming in on. I'm just like, fuck, we're, put, we're having a big fancy party. Everyone put your fancy outfits on and go to this party. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to see you act like yourselves there. While also tied into like a very large narrative thing that I don't know the full extent of so far. But again, I really like the setup. I really like the execution. I think it was really fun. I don't know that you need to read every single issue, but I'm gonna, like I did with Ten of Swords, and I hopefully don't want to drop a hammer from a high height on my foot at, at the end of it, like I did for that that one. And also, like Russell Dowderman's hands are all over this with the character designs, the costume designs, everything, and his art is just art that I absolutely love. Um, but yeah, I I think Gala is gonna be a lot of fun. I left these first three chapters much higher than I left. I think the first three chapters of Ten of Swords, although the the first issue of Ten of Swords, I was I, I was it was a slow execution of my optic, de, you know, decline of my optimism throughout it. Whereas this one feels <laughs> like there's a little bit more forward momentum on it. Jenga, what do you got? It's got to be hard from a publishing standpoint to create a crossover with the X Men right now because they've basically built their own. It's not even like an, their own little universe. It is a giant family of comics and a whole bunch of different creators and to just be able to have things that tie together and hopefully boost each other's sales must be a, a tricky thing to organize for them. Yeah, you're right. I, and I think this one is a little bit looser. I think mm-hmm. 10 of swords was like every issue, every series got two or maybe even three issues. And this appeals to me way more. Yeah. And I just think that you would also like the pretense of it. It's very Mm -hmm. tongue in cheek. Like it's, it's very, um, I mean, you look at Charles Xavier's outfit and he's wearing this like Jared Leto on his cult rape Island look. Like it's, it's, it's it's very aware of itself. And that's, that's why the humans are leaving grumbling is because they made the mistake of letting Charles be the keynote speaker of the night. Charles Jared Leto. Apparently Emma Frost is the keynote speaker. Well, I mean, what I love is that like all over everything is like the menu plan, like the the schedule for the (laughs) events, like the arrival time and cocktail hour. It's like comics pro, telepathic concert, dinner, introduction of the new X-Men. Brian Hibbs eats a sandwich. Yeah, Brian Hibbs eats a sandwich. (laughs) Celebration and dancing, closing remarks from this year's host and then fireworks display. But... I also really like that Tarantino, like, oh, we're standing here when that thing that we saw over there is going on. And now we're seeing this, which maybe we even talked about in a book earlier. But that that multi-axle approach to looking at something is something mm-hmm. that I really, really like. Um, I would give Gala so far, you know, an eight. I, I think, one, you know, Hellions and Marauders are maybe nines. It, it, it was very good. It's very good. It's fun. It doesn't feel laborious yet, which is what Ten of Swords felt very early on. So I can't wait for Planet Size X Men. That's two weeks away. Um, next week is three other chapters, but 
So you'll give him a little in. more rope, is what you're saying. Oh, I give them a stupid amount of rope. I give I give Hickman, Morrison, Tom King, I give them enough rope to hang myself with. So if, yeah. if you were forced to guess where the story is going to end, do you think it'll end in like an alien style exoskeleton suit? I think it's going to end in a giant exoskeleton alien suit that's on fire because marauders teased no that was x-men last week teased inferno we know we're going towards inferno that's the hellfire right there's the, no, the big I... hellfire club inferno storyline from like x-men to 73 or so i've not read it i don't really know much about it but i don't know how <clears> tied <throat> into hellfire it is inferno was when madeline Pryor was the goblin queen right yeah oh. yeah yeah, yeah. And Havoc keeps trying to get them to resurrect Madeline, and they won't do it. And we're moving forward with a bunch of like Destiny Mystique storylines with chart like the like. I don't think we're going to spend the entire time during the gala, or maybe we will, but I don't know. There's it's it feels there's a magnitude to it that Ten of Swords I feel like pretended to have, but didn't didn't have. Do you think we're yeah. going to get an after party miniseries? Oh, I would read that. Just everybody hanging out and getting a little bit doobied up talking to the the publishers at other places and trading secrets free cocktail hour it's just so cute to see all these different people hanging out in a party with all there's just all this like kind of fun dialogue between you know like totally random people like here's captain america talking to henry gyrick for some reason you know but it's like <laughs> it, it builds everything it kind of connects the whole story in a, in a positive way but it, it also is you know whatever i went on long enough Gal is doing real good. I would give the thing so far an eight, and I think people should check it out for like the X Men books. Uh, do you want to hear something about this uh, Iron Man annual? That kicks oh, off? I forgot about that. Please do. I knew that there was something left unturned. Kicks off Infinite Fury or Destinies? Infinite Destinies. It says Infinite Fury on the bottom, but Infinite okay. Destinies on the top. Okay, I was wondering <laughs> where Fury was coming from. Yeah. Um, this was the Iron Man annual by uh, Jed McKay. Is it Jed? Judd McKay? Jed McKay, um, so not the regular Iron Man art or writer, and uh, this was just a fun Iron Man story because I like a, a good Iron Man story that focuses on just kind of the cool technological gadgets and how he uses different tech in his armor to get through a gauntlet, basically, which is what happens in this issue. A villain captures him and is testing his capabilities and. It's just a bunch of him having to escape from diff uh, get through different uh, different levels, basically of a video. Game. <laughs> it's like a video game, <laughs> and uh, try and reach the final boss at the end. And along the way, there's this villain I've never seen before named Quantum, who appears to have a singularity embedded in his chest, and he's being forced to work for this other, the main villain, the Assessor. Um, because the assessor keeps saying, oh, I'll remove the black hole from your chest if you do this stuff for me. And the assessor's a villain from Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man, who captured him and abused him and tortured him for a while trying to test his abilities. Um, so that's what this guy does. And Iron Man doesn't like that. He talks to Miles and he's like, gets pretty pissed about it. And part of it's ego, because he's like, you know, I hate guys trying to, basically they're trying to, egotistical guys are trying to prove their abilities and take it out on us because you know that's one of the things i like to do is my my skills yeah you do so it's just a fun cool iron man story but this quantum villain 
I didn't realize this when I started the story. He apparently has the, um, I think the reality stone, or no, he has the space stone in his chest. And that's what this, because now all the infinity gems are inside different people. <laughs> and so this is the first part that's of an eight part storyline that's going to run through all the Marvel annuals for the summer. Hmm. Is Darkhawk one of them? Uh, they don't list. Oh, wait. Darkhawk, Darkhawk, Darkhawk. No. But there is new Darkhawk coming out. Oh, there is. Okay. So not all the Marvel annuals then, but a bunch of them. All the major Marvel, Iron Man, Cap, Spider-Man, Thor. I would love to see Marvel destroy all the Infinity Gems and not ever have to go back to that old well. It's just like you see infinite Infinity on a title or something like, okay, it's going to be one of these. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an annual event for two months. Can I have see, a new MacGuffin? See, and I didn't even realize, I didn't clue in from the title, the infinite stuff, that this had anything to do with the stones. But I also lost track. I didn't know they were, the stones were in people now, and they're people that minor characters over What do you time. mean you didn't know the stones were in people now? Every time we get an issue of Beasts of Burden, you start singing it. That's inside of you, buddy. <laughs> That's not Marvel. Oh, different. different I just stones. mean Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's um, your score for it? Man, I was surprised. I would give this an eight. Wow, I mean, the art is cool. It's just good Iron Man story. Watching him do his Iron Man things. I just want to hear. I'm excited to Django hear your thoughts on Dead Dog's Bite and the end of that. I we've loved that series going forward, um, like since the beginning. But mm-hmm. the way that they kind of wrap it up is by giving us a very dense three page text dump dossier told in an interesting way. But huh. it was it was almost like they thought they had another issue. And they're like, oh, no, we don't. I don't know. Roll an old film reel and put narration over the top of it for three pages. Interesting. Um, yeah, it, it's but that ended this week. And that's been one of my favorite series of the last you know couple months. Maybe it hasn't been selling and they did cut it back. I don't know. I hope it has been selling. It's a good book. I hope it's been selling. One of those final scenes was in a bowling alley, which is pretty damn cool. Spoilers. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Roman. I haven't even I didn't, it I didn't say what happened. It's just in a book. <laughs> I, I talked about the, the climactic scene and what it was housed around, but you get the spoiler <laughs> aggression from your boiling out. It takes place where? Um well listen, I got Will's email in. We talked about the books that came out. We had mm-hmm. fun. We got a couple extra things. I did a big old bit on the X-Men. Um, we hung out in the Uber India Underground Power Hour, but it was like both of my uncles taking me there. Here, have a drink of this. It'll make you feel real good and you'll be able to take a nap. Let me tell you about some stories I read when I was young. Um, yeah. Anything else to take? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, can I can I go back and actually give give a gooey to something that I realized it's, when I first read it, it was a 10 and then for some reason I It's not a complete week if I don't have Roman slime on me. At hang some on, point. hang on. Can we try to guess what it is? Oh, good yeah, question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love Jago. Good call. Out of body? Yes. Well really? done, dude. <laughs> that was it. Wow. I read, I re- as I was reading it, as when I finished, I was like, oh, I want Jeff to read this. I want to hear what Justin thinks of this, which you know, we'll never hear what Justin thinks of it. It was <laughs> the only book that Django, or sorry, Roman did start talking about, you know, multiple times in person with, which is why on the podcast, I was like, try and get me to read it, which is what you were trying to do when we were in person together. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd also give a gooey to Marvel double action just because no 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 it's no. it's such a classic early 70s comic it's written Com- that way 
compensatory goo goo oh, gooey oh, like this. I guess I'll go back and give this one a gooey. And at that rate, it's I so guess much this fun. one's also. So it sounds like you have a gooey and it's that one. Well, both of these. So then and why didn't good, you add it to the rundown? We didn't talk about it. Yeah, like why don't you ever <laughs> add these to the when we talk about it? And I'm like, we read this, and you're like, I read all those. I don't have anything to say about anything. And then you're like, oh, but I gave this a fucking ten. Like, that's what we talked the conversation. I'm gonna break a pen. <laughs> Quick, Django, do a chat. I'm not I'm not tempting that bear right no, now. Yeah, not right now. I want to hear right sometime when we're alone, Jay. I want to hear that new chant you started doing that I've I've never heard before. There's a new chant? Me? Yeah, you, you, you were doing program? something with your headphones and stuff, Jeff, and he started doing some other chant that I've never heard. It was just religion and politics. You've just never heard me allowed to get that far into it. <laughs> no, I've heard the whole religions <laughs> and politics. Side. This was something new. Oh, that Jeff's a fucking tyrant, I tell you what. Um, oh, everything's going to change when you get that uh, Route 66 tape on loop. All Those right, everybody. will also. <laughs> that, was, that was the Perfectly Simple Podcast 228. You heard an outburst. Uh, it oriented in roman's direction that's not a super normal thing um <laughs> i guess i guess on that note Django, you can send us out of here if you've got anything to say uh well i would say that having an email from will is great but having four emails from four different people would be even better i couldn't um, agree with you more Django. anyone hearing Django say that beautiful thing send an email in yeah yeah both Jeff of you at the comics place both of you make up both some new make up two extra names each if you want yeah, make up a um, fake name and send an email in. Yeah. Uh, I am tomorrow going to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark at 12, 10 p.m. Am, yeah. I'm very excited for that. 40th anniversary. Thank you, Harrison Ford. Where's what that? time is that? It's it's like noon. It's it's showing all week. Yeah, I saw that on there and I was like, that would be fun to go see because I haven't seen that movie since I was a little tiny boy. I'm going to go to movie theaters until I get COVID-20, I think is probably my plan <laughs> now. <laughs> On that note, we're Jeff and Django and Roman, and we'll see you all next week for 229, nearing the yawning maw of 230, closing the mouth on the 220s, which we're, I think we can all say that the 200s have been a real rough go so far. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I was wondering, though. <laughs> that was a lot of fun, but I, we did have something. <laughs> I, did, I did have a question. Um, and, and the, the, question is is the question the answer is the okay uh, I, Wolverine <laughs> see you next week